Warning! This episode contains foul language, graphic imagery, and a brief disturbing situation dealing with childbirth and trauma. for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week we have the pleasure of sitting around and chatting about something weird. And this week is a very special edition of Keep It Weird, something we've never done before. There's nothing better than a good spooky story to get you in the Halloween mood. Some horror stories make you squirm, some keep you up at night, and others chill you straight to the bone. So turn off your lights and settle in. My name is Ashley, and today I'm joined by the ever-so-charming Joe Oaks. Ah, coming to you from beyond the grave. <laughs> How would you Simpsons uh, Treehouse of Terror eyes your name? Uh, oh, that is, that's probably the best question anybody's ever asked wow. me. Wow. I, I'm shocked to say that I've never been asked and I've never thought about it. I know, me neither. Uh, I would say maybe just because my first name and my last name. Jokes on you. Jokes on you. Oh my God, that was what I was going <laughs> to really? say. Wow, we should get married. Okay. <laughs> okay. You All right, you wore me All down. right, fine. Hi, everybody. It's Joe. Hey, it's Joe, guys. Remember? Remember me? Well, I'm back. Well, he's back from the dead. No! Um, I don't know what mine would be. Ashley, Grandma Death Cassidy. <laughs> That's what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be Grandma Death. Joe, today I'm going to be telling you some horror stories that some awesome Redditors have granted me permission oh to boy. read. Oh, boy. I'm rubbing, I'm rubbing the palms of my hands together. I'm wringing my hands in anticipation. Let's get this going. Joe has never heard these stories unless he snuck onto my computer, logged into my email, and found where I hid them. Which I... I'm fully capable of. He's fully capable Just of doing. Record, he's very good. In case good. you think I can't do that, I can do that. <laughs> he's very good at technology, and he never asked for my help on any of it. <laughs> I'm so bad at technology that I'm often foiled by plastic. <laughs> That's how bad I am at technology. That's the one one of the you know most groundbreaking inventions of the 20th century still plagues me. Yeah, I can't help it. I know things just don't thing, things like that. Don't they make just sense. don't make sense to you. It's okay, sweetie. That's why I'm here. That's why we're getting married. Because you need someone someone's to gonna, turn your computer. Someone's going to have to take care of me. <laughs> Listeners, this is not a listener ghost stories episode. That is going to be next week, and it's a doozy. These are horror fiction stories. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. One reminder before we get into the stories, you have about nine days to carve, paint, or decorate a pumpkin and send us a picture to participate in our pumpkin contest. 
There's a ton of things you can win, buttons, magnets, um, a painting of your choice, and even an invite to a Zoom party with me and Lauren. And I'm sure Handsome Joe will pop his head in, right? Not only am I going to pop my head in, but if you actually don't submit for this, I'm going to get your address (laughs) off the internet and I'm going to drive to your house and I'm going to smash all of your pumpkins and silly string your bushes. Bushish. Your bushes. Your bushish. Uh yeah, and he's from the the northeast, so don't don't think he won't do it. I will. He's got plenty of practice in smashing pumpkins. So much pumpkin smashing practice. Let me tell you what, listeners of Keep It Weird, uh from the years nineteen ninety five through nineteen ninety nine, I was one of New England's foremost pumpkin smashers. I was at the top of my game, I was in my prime, and uh, a tragic thumb-in-an-eye injury on Halloween night uh, sadly put an end to my, my pumpkin smashing career. Your illustrious career, career, yep. career yep. Yep. as yep. a pumpkin smasher. But uh, nevertheless, in those four years, I, I left my mark on the community of Avon, Connecticut, and uh, I, I believe the kids still talk about it. <laughs> I never smashed pumpkins and I never egged anyone's house or anything like that, but I have TP'd so many houses. I'm sure I talked about this on the show before, but TPing was a sport in my hometown. Everyone did it and it happened like from the time school started back up to like Christmas. It was the TPing season. It was never ending. And my mother was so cool because she took us teeping and she got a huge van and took the seats out and just threw a shit ton of kids and toilet paper in the back and we just went around just just teeping everybody wreaking havoc everybody you've been charmed yeah um i was pretty good at it i'm not gonna brag um or anything but i was pretty good at teeping that's harmless fun that's good old-fashioned fun unless it happens to rain at which point, unless it rains. At which point, you will try to strangle the first child you see on November first. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case they happen to be the one who did that to your property. Yeah. So uh, submit a pumpkin just because it's fun, because it will make me and Lauren happy, and so you don't um, have a visit from the the Halloween Krampus. I'm coming. Just Joe Oaks. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't think I won't. I will. And I will not stop at the pumpkins. If there are any decorative gourds, I will smash those as well. It could be a squash. It could be, you. if it's autumnal, mm-hmm. if it's a harvest vegetable, it's fair game. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Straw men, guess what? Now that's my, now that's my plaid shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll also rob you. That's, that's what I'm saying. I will smash your pumpkins and I will steal your property. He'll take your ladies too. Okay, so I'm just going to hop right into it. Our first story today. Oh, by the way, just so everyone knows, just so everyone can like paint a picture of where we we are in the absolute darkness of our apartment. I have very, the lights turned off. Very dark. We've got some like reddish lighting and some little candles there lit. Are, there and... are several candles lit. There is a spooky lamp uh, with a special light bulb that's throwing a kind of magenta-ish light from it. Uh, very faintly. A lot of cobwebs. A lot of a lot skulls. Of cobwebs. It's Halloween in here for sure. Ashley's face is uh, ever so slightly illuminated by the light of her laptop. 
giving it almost the flashlight under the chin effect. Very, yes, very that's effective. What I'm going for. This is this My is God. this is what it's all about, this ladies is a dream. and gentlemen. Let's okay. get let's get this rolling. All right, let's do it. Our first story today comes from Redditor Dark Alligator. And I was actually struggling to choose between two stories they wrote. So you should absolutely look them up on Reddit if you want more of these. Um, and that's Dark Alligator, uh, dark as in, you know, like it is in my apartment, Allie, A-L-L-I, Gator, G-A-T-O-R. And the reason I spelled that out separately is because it's capital A and capital G. You feel me? Look them up. This story is called Guardians. He awoke to the huge insect-like creatures looming over his bed and screamed his lungs out. They hastily left the room and he stayed up all night, shaking and wondering if it had been a dream. The next morning, there was a tap on the door. Gathering his courage, he opened it to see one of them gently place a plate filled with fried breakfast on the floor, then retreat to a safe distance. Bewildered, he accepted the gift. The creatures chittered excitedly, and this happened every day for weeks. At first, he was worried that they were fattening him up, but after a particularly greasy breakfast left him clutching his chest from heartburn, they were replaced with fresh fruit. As well as cooking, they poured hot steamy baths for him and even tucked him in when he went to bed. It was bizarre. One night, he awoke to gunshots and screaming. He raced downstairs to find a decapitated burglar being devoured by the insects. He was sickened, but disposed of the remains as best he could. He knew they had just been protecting him. One morning, the creatures wouldn't let him leave his room. He lay down, confused, but trusting, as they ushered him back into bed. Whatever their motives, they weren't going to hurt him. Hours later, a burning pain spread throughout his body. It felt like his stomach was filled with razor wire. The insects chittered as he spasmed and moaned. It was only when he felt a terrible squirming feeling beneath his skin that he realized the insects hadn't been protecting him. They had been protecting their young. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Into it. Into it. Yeah, that reminds me of a... Uh... Of a, a scary story, story. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like the worse version of the um, the insect bite, the the red yeah. bite on the cheek, Ooh. where she's like, "What is this? It's a pimple except that won't go away." And then like all the, yeah, except for they're in his entire dark body. alligator's guts. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, I really like that idea. Waking up in terror, and then it's like, wait, they're taking care of me wait they're taking really good care of me why huh yeah into it great story yeah thank you dark alligator for letting me read that this was one of the squirmier stories that i read while trying to find short stories for this episode yeah you're the host pal what was your favorite scary stories to tell in the dark episode i mean episode <laughs> story Oh, like it's a TV show. It is a movie now. I haven't seen it, but the um the scarecrow one used to scare the crap Harold. out of me. Yeah, Harold. Yeah, the scarecrow one Boy. is that's that's the one that jumped, that's the one that really jumps out at me. That one was really messed up. Yeah. What about you? Um, 
I really like the one where I don't remember because there was two. There was one where like a butcher started serving people yep. as meat, but then there was another one where a woman was cooking dinner for her husband and the sausage that she was going to use went bad and her husband like beat her and was super abusive and she was like afraid that he would like take it out on her when he got home and she didn't have dinner ready so she went next door and killed the neighbor and used the meat to feed her husband because that was better than like his reaction yeah that was one of those where it was like, that's really messed up. That's you know, really dark. Yeah, it's really funny, too, because I, I remember checking that book out of my elementary school library. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I would I checked that out of the of the Roaring Brook Elementary School Library, probably in like, I don't know, 1993. Yeah. It was in third grade. No problem. Yeah. Because there were three of them. There were like scary stories to tell in the dark, more scaries to tell in the dark, and like even more scary. There were three books. And I I remember, I think I checked those out of the library like multiple times each to the point where it's like, do you want me to just buy this for you? Because books are not that expensive. The illustrations in those were unbelievable. I know. know. And when I worked at Barnes & Noble back in like 2012, they re-released scary stories to tell in the dark with new illustrations. And they weren't scary at all. Like the illustrations were like lame, very, very tame illustrations. And it was like, you got to realize like those were the scariest part because a lot of the stories were just stories are pretty basic urban legends. Yeah. You know, yeah, still they're scary as hell when yeah. you're, you know, nine a child. <laughs> yeah, of course. But uh, but those illustrations, that's what was haunting. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, listeners, I believe October 25th, Sunday, October 25th, that night, Lauren and I are both going on um, Goth Yearbook again, and we it's a Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark episode. So if you like Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, if you like us, if you like Goth Yearbook, I don't know if anyone uh, tuned into them the last time I was on, um, but they're a lot of fun. So we're doing a whole episode about Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And if you don't tune in and oh, listen no. to it, I am going to get your address off the internet and I'm going to drive to your house and I'm going to smash all of your pumpkins. No. I will. Jokes on That's you. That's a promise. <laughs> okay. Um, this next story comes from Emma and you can follow her. On Emma. Her, I almost said it. What? Gemma. 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 One banana. Two banana. Um, that's an SNL character we really enjoy named Gemma. No, you even <laughs> threw that inflection on it. You made her sound like instantly. Emma. Like, her name's Emma. She's very clearly from the UK. <laughs> Emma. Uh, Emma. Well, um, yeah, well, go, go ahead. You can follow her on Instagram during spooky season. Her Insta handle is at spooky underscore Imala. That's E-M-M-A-L-A. And during the off season, she is at sunny underscore Imala. We started following her on Instagram. She's super cool and would fit right in with you guys. So go make a new friend. And uh, she writes spooky stories. So this story is called There Is No Off Switch. And Joe, I think you'll particularly get a kick out of this one. I chose it for you specifically. Intertech has announced its latest revolutionary product, the Workday Chip. With this product, a person can go a whole workday and not even know it. It automatically initiates a sleep sequence in the user's brain, then controls their muscles so that they can do their job while completely unconscious. 
All of a person's energy can now be put into the things that really matter. Hobbies, family, friends. They never have to think about work again, unless they're picking up their paycheck. Soon, this chip became a regular part of life. Some companies even started giving it out for free to employees. It was a win-win. The companies got more efficient workers and the employees no longer had the stress of a job. You could hardly even tell a person was unconscious. The chip recognizes patterns and could converse just like its user would. For a while, this seemed like the perfect system. Three years after the implementation of the Workday chip, the disease broke out. It was nicknamed the Red Flame Disease, and it caused a terrible combination of coughing up blood and intense burning pain. It spread like wildfire, and soon the majority of the population was affected. Even though most people were in no state to work, the chips forced them to automatically. There was no off switch, and it was able to pick locks or even break down doors in order to get its user to work. In the end, it didn't matter if a person had a chip or not. Everyone ended up dead. From the moment you first coughed up blood, you had mere days left to live. The disease didn't discriminate between the old and the young. Every single person eventually succumbed. It all happened so quickly that most bodies never even got taken care of. They were just left in their homes to rot away. Now, roaming the streets are corpses, doing nothing but going through the motions as if they were ghosts. Dead baristas try to ask customers that don't exist for their order, but some no longer have tongues. Shriveled hands work in factories to produce gadgets for no one. Businessmen look before crossing the street on their way to work, but no longer have any eyes. These ghost-like beings are stuck in a strange purgatory. They are dead, but not at peace. Watching over these ghosts are the CEOs, the top 1%. They live in elaborate bunkers and clink glasses, laughing about how they will never have to pay another worker again. The Workday chip has no off switch, and that's exactly how it was meant to be. That's the best story I ever heard. <laughs> I love that. I I absolutely adore a, a good anti-capitalist a message. Good fuck the rich. <laughs> I love it. That's that's the, the 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 plight of the working class. Just zombies trudging back and forth, spending the majority of their lives doing shit they couldn't care less about or actively hate. While the rich get richer. Yep. Their yachts it. get bigger. Outstanding. Great job. Emma, we love that story. Yeah, that was, man. Yeah, that one's sitting in my bones right now. <laughs> thank you, Emma. Thank you, Emma. 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 Thank you. I also, the thing is, though, too, I'd take it. I'd do the work day chip. Well, that's funny. <laughs> I, but I, I couldn't help but think, you know, like, that's when the infections broke out. Or, you know, the and then, you know, everybody started dying. And on their deathbeds, everybody was just thinking, like, those were the best goddamn three years of my life. <laughs> wouldn't trade them for the world. I wouldn't trade I mean, those three years and not knowing I was at work. <laughs> yeah. You almost slipped into your Homer voice there. Did I? Yeah. I'm not, even, I'm not even going to embarrass myself by trying <laughs> to do it. It was an accident. I can't do Homer. You can't do Homer? You can do some Simpsons. Ah, jeez, Homer. Jeez. <laughs> I can do Mo. You can do Mo. You yeah. can do, um, 
Here's the thing, guys. Joe is actually really, 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 really good at impressions until you ask him to do an impression, and then he's a he's a apricot. Because I hate myself. Yeah, it's because I hate myself. <laughs> it's all just because I hate myself. Nothing to worry about. Member of the Asa Collective Women's Podcasting Network. Ghost stories are always scarier when they're told by the very people who experience them. Hi. I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And we're the hosts of the Homespun Haints podcast. We talk to people just like you who've come face to face with ghosts, demons, haints, and other strange paranormal phenomena. All of it makes for a chilling good time. So grab yourself a sweet tea, turn off the lights, and listen to some eerie, true ghost stories on Homespun Haints, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm not scared. Are you? Alrighty, so this yeah, lay, lay another mamma jamma on me, man. Yeah, this next story is by author Gabriel Valdez Oro. Gabriel actually has a book of short fiction available for download via Amazon, and it looks awesome. It's called Flesh Fiction Lasting Shivers from Super Short Horror Stories, and I'll also provide the link for you guys as well so you can have easy access. This story is called Annoying Neighbor. I used to live in a small building downtown. One of the reasons I moved out was the bad neighborhood, including this guy in the apartment right over mine. He was a weird-looking fella who mostly kept to himself. Around midnight, though, there was frequently a strange noise that got on my nerves. It wasn't loud, to be fair, but I have really light sleep so it was hard to get my eyes shut with those little bumping sounds going on and on it reminded me of high heels walking about but not as loud as if the person causing the noise was actually trying to be silent after a few days i realized the pattern was always the same like a recording played over and over with random intervals in between and that went on for the better part of a year Always the same sequence of bumps slowly tattooed into my mind, sometimes for hours straight during the night. It was only several years later, helping my daughter with her homework, that I learned a little bit of Morse code. She knocked on the table with her knuckles and a shiver immediately went through my spine as I recognized that exact pattern. When I asked her what it meant, she laughed. It's the easiest one, Daddy, she said. It's the one to call for help. Yikes. For a year? For a year. Oh, no. What was going on up there? <laughs> what were they doing? I imagine uh, someone was being held captive. Well, yeah. Okay, well, I wasn't sure. I, I can't was, see your face, so I, was, I don't know if you're being sarcastic. I was the talking lights are specifics. Mm, oh, yeah, what fuck. What were they doing? Calling for help for a year. Yeah. That's like, uh, that reminds me of Seven. That guy that Ugh, Kevin Spacey God. just has just tied up and tortured. Also, don't give me that spoiler alert bullshit. That movie's 25 years old. <laughs> if you haven't seen If you seven, haven't seen yeah. it by now, that's on you. If you haven't seen I'm about to tell you what's How in the box. How have you not seen Seven? I'm about to tell you what's in the what's box. What's in the box? Great story. We are three for three. I know. They're all really good. I wasn't expecting like, well, there's going to be one shitty one. That's not what I'm saying, but I've really enjoyed all three stories so far. Yeah. It actually, this one, you know, reminded you of Seven. It rem- fresh. It reminded me of the time that I lived in this apartment yep. and I heard 
it was always during the day I heard someone calling for help. And oh yeah. I told you this story. Yeah. Fucking A cab, fuck the police. So <laughs> basically what happened was is I would notice that during the day, it was only during the day. Are you laughing at me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was only during the day I would hear someone shouting for help. It was a man's voice and he was it was sounded so scared and he was shouting for help. And um, I could never really, I couldn't hear it clearly enough to hear like what he was saying or like what. And I, I started thinking to myself, well, it's during the day. Maybe this person's screaming for help while maybe they're being held captive and whoever's holding them captive is off to work during the day. And that's why I hear it during the day. Like I was just like getting worried about it. And one day it was particularly loud. Again, I'm in my apartment, so it's a little bit muffled, but I can definitely tell he's screaming for assistance or help. So I call the police um and i i talked to a woman and then she transfers me transfers me to a man and i explained the situation and they were like well where's it coming from and i was like well i think it's the house next door i mean i don't know where it's coming from they're like well we can't really do anything unless you tell us where it's coming from and it's like okay well can you send someone and just like have them roll down a window and listen to see if they hear anyone screaming for help right and they're like we can't send anyone unless we know where we're sending them and i gave them my address i was like come here like come to this address and like see if you have hear. them come to this address and roll the windows down they literally were like basically like no figure out where it's coming from it's like i'm not gonna go knocking on doors to figure out where this sound's coming from and then eventually um the conversation was coming to an end and I was like, well, is there any way I could at least report it? Like, I just want to report that I heard this. That way, if someone else calls in and reports that they heard it, then you'll, you'll have a prior report. So that's two people. So maybe someone will get sent out. And they're like, no, we don't really have a... <laughs> and they were like, lady, what don't you get about this? We're not going to help you. We don't care. I was <laughs> how, how, many to- how many different ways do I have to tell you we don't care. But what's crazy, er, than all of that is that when the neighbors that lived there moved out, I haven't heard a scream since. Well, the guy's dead. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the logic would say that he's like, dead. The guy's dead. That's why. But there's so many different things. Like it could have been, you know, it could have been someone with um, a developmental disability who was screaming for. Like I don't know what or they were screaming about. Could have been about. a person with dementia. Yeah. You know, like it could have been someone rehearsing. But it would have been nice if a fucking cop. <laughs> it could have been. We do live in Los Angeles. It could have been someone rehearsing the same scene for a really long time. Yeah. Hoping to get that he's part. Just really hoping to get that part of Dying Man number one. Yeah, you're right. Please. Ow. Please. Help me. How's that? That was pretty good. Not bad. Yeah, no, that's not bad at all. It lacked fear, but that was more of a volume issue than anything. Yeah, and yeah, we don't want to disturb our I neighbors. That. I'll, I'll cop to it. I as have, much as I our neighbors disturb us, we don't want to no. disturb them. Nope. Yeah, so it could have been a lot of things, but it sure would have been fucking nice if anyone's listening who's a cop. If the cops would have at least gone by, knocked on the door, and made sure everyone was okay. But whatever. I'm going to read our last story before I get all worked up. <laughs> don't get me worked up. Don't get me started. If you get her worked up. I will get your address off the internet. <laughs> I will drive to your house and I will smash all of your pumpkins. All of your autumnal <laughs> vegetables. All of your autumnal harvest vegetables. 
gone are, are hitting in the, the blink are, of an eye. They're hitting the ground. This final story is by BT Joy, and I'm obsessed with it. Okay. Um, I really, really love it. I love science fiction. I will say, though, trigger warning, this story has some very disturbing elements, and um, I don't want to spoil the story or the surprise, so as this is the last story in the episode, just you know, listen at your own risk, basically. Wow. You hear that, kids? Hear it? It's about to get real good. <laughs> Stick around. This story, again, by BT Joy, is called Star Children. The scientific community called them star children. I can still remember how amazing the sight was at first. Every star in the night sky had a double, a perfect replica that, though visible, didn't register on astronomical instruments. For nights, me and my fiancé Jane would lay in our yard and look up at that spectacular mirror image sky, two heavens, one laid like a transparency over the other. It was very romantic. Our daughter was conceived on one such night under the double light. Before the first week of the phenomenon was even over, every news channel was repeating the same mantra. Stay indoors during nighttime hours. Don't go out after dark. CNN lined up a dozen experts a cycle. They started by telling us that the star children would cause blindness if viewed directly. No one believed the experts. A hundred conspiracy theories were hatched about what the star children really were. In the end, the government didn't give us a choice whether or not we took their advice. A nationwide curfew was passed. Me and Jane watched as similar lockdowns were ordered worldwide. We were allowed to go outside during the daytime, but come dark, we were confined to our homes. We were told never to look at the stars. Life went on as usual. Jane had morning sickness and weird cravings, just like any other pregnant woman. Things only improved in the second trimester. We got our ultrasound. They told us it was a girl and that her heartbeat was healthy. I'd lay at night during lockdown with my ear against Jane's tummy, listening to our daughter wriggle and kick. Jane played music to the bump. She was trying to turn her into a Stevie Nicks fan in utero. We put the ultrasound picture up by our bedside. We knew we'd love our baby. We were going to call her Lucy. I can't tell you how we felt when Jane went into labor. It was hideous. They sedated her heavily. I passed out and was taken from the birthing room to revive. They never let us look at the babies before they were incinerated, but I saw them anyway. Just a mush of mangled limbs and tortured faces. The star children. That's what they called pregnancies like ours. The twin babies conceived under the light of those weird double stars and undetectable as twins on any ultrasound. No one could tell us which baby was our daughter and which was the copy. In the womb, they'd both been the aggressors. They'd each wrapped their tiny arms around the other's neck and tightened and tightened the grip until veins burst, ligaments tore, and bones crushed. Tonight, I couldn't stand the grief. I got drunk and I went outside during curfew, and I looked up through my tears at the beautiful sky. As far as I can tell with my naked eye, the star children, all of them, are moving slowly but deliberately towards the natural stars. Man. Awesome. Yup. 
that a parallel dimension? I don't know. Encroaching on ours? I don't yeah, know. Right? What are the star children? Is I that, don't know. Is that too dim- is that a yeah, wow. Boy oh boy. I like that one. I love a good sci-fi story. Me too. We were actually just talking about this last night. We were watching um, Village of the Damned, which Shh, has don't tell them. No, I know. <laughs> which has kind of a similar. I get vibe. weirdly protective of John Carpenter movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't tell them we watch. Please it. don't tell anybody. Um, which has a similar vibe. Village of the Damned. Basically, there's a blackout in this small town um, for a couple hours, and everyone blacks out for a couple hours, and when they come to. Within a couple of weeks, they start realizing that several women in the town are pregnant. More than several. Yeah, like 15. Yeah. 15 women or so in the town are pregnant, and they date the pregnancies back to the day of the blackout. And some of them are women. One was a virgin. Um, the other, uh, one of them whose husband had been away for a year, and she hadn't slept with anyone. So I, I so enjoy that sci-fi. You do the math. Guys, you do the math. So what could it be? you do the math. But I, we were just talking about it, how I, I really love sci-fi and I really wish there was more sci-fi like that and like this because a lot of the time, uh, big budget movies at least, sci-fi movies have to take place in space on a ship or there has to be a monster involved. But then I was realizing like all my favorite sci-fi movies, sci-fi horror movies were not that. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers and... Right. Village of the Damned, and why can't I think of the name of that uh, indie sci-fi flick that we loved? Coherence. Coherence. Yeah. Coherence. Yeah. yeah. Coherence. That movie had a budget of about eighty-five dollars, and it's, <laughs> it's one of it's one of the best sci-fi movies I've I've ever seen. It's definitely my Out, top it's, five. It's sci-fi. If you movie. haven't seen it. Coherence. I've, I'm sure it's been talked about multiple times. So I, I apologize if you're listening and you're shouting, saying, "I know, I saw it. You told me to see it, and I saw it. Stop treating me like I'm a child." I apologize. But if you haven't, it's a really good sci-fi movie. And yeah, and I'm pretty it. sure it's on uh, Hulu. Uh, it's on but don't something. quote me. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Everything's on something these days. Except for a few good men. Yeah, a, few good men. a few good men. We we waited like two and a half years for a few good men to even be like rentable. rentable. No such luck. No. Aaron Sorkin apparently has that one under fucking lock and key. We had to buy a DVD and have it mailed to us like it was fucking 2008. Oh, yeah. I had to get on eBay because I was like, I need to see this movie and you won't let me watch I bought, it. I had to. I had to buy that movie the way that your Aunt Paulette would buy a movie. You know? <laughs> oh, I went on the internet and I found a copy of it. It was, just, it was close by. Shipping was only $2. And I got it mailed over to me and now I have it. You sound like a female Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, not surprising. <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? Hubie's Halloween. Hubie's Halloween. Can we talk great. about Hubie's Halloween? We can talk about Hubie's Halloween. Guys, there's, there's no reason. There's no reason that, that, that I should have watched, watched that movie <laughs> given, given 98% of the movies that Adam Sandler has made in the last 15 years. But it just, it seemed like it was going to work, and boy, guess, howdy, guess does what? it work. It fucking did. It's Ernest Scared Stupid meets Billy Madison. Yeah. It's, it's, if, if that came out when I was 10 years old, that would have been my favorite movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. 
I mean, it was dumb. It, it was dumb so shit. fucking dumb. It was so dumb. <laughs> it's it's but, dumb as hell. <laughs> just, but if you're okay with something being just like just a little too goofy a couple times, it's otherwise very fun. I mean, think about like being an adult and then watching Ernest Scared Stupid for the first time. Like, how I'm would you feel? I'm a jaded 35-year-old jerk. And I was charmed by this movie. And if you don't watch, no, I'm just, oh. I'm not gonna do. <laughs> I it. remember what I was gonna say. We were talking about, um, you know, everything's streaming somewhere these days. Sure. No, I was talking to Scott from Movies That Made Us Gay the other day, and we were talking about how like <laughs> the weirdest selection of movies is usually streaming. So we were talking about like '80s horror movies and how hard the good ones are to find. And it was like, no, ma'am, you cannot watch Halloween, but what you can watch is bats it's like i don't want to watch bats no one wants to watch bats well what about leprechaun (laughs) three yeah would you like to watch species no (laughs) damn it no god damn it i didn't even want to watch species when i was going through puberty (laughs) no no hard pass Anyway, so that's uh, that's all I have for today. Do you have anything um, else? This is a shorty, guys, and it's a shorty because I wanted to put some extra days work into your listener ghost stories episode for next week. So this is just to tide you over. This is the this is the bruschetta that arrives before your before your you know fettuccine del mar mm. so to, if if you will joe used to work in really fancy if, restaurants if, if you will don't 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 let him talk to you that way how how uh how pretentious did i just sound pretty pretentious but here's the thing like joe Especially worked in really the, the hard cuss sound yeah. in bruschetta joe uh joe used to work in really fancy restaurants but he also got fired one time for kicking well, a trash can all, across an entire I, dining room. I, I, I've, I've, I've served in many capacities in, the, in, in restaurants, uh, not least among them, uh, beverage director, general manager. Uh, I've been head honcho, okay? Yeah, so before for sure. anybody out there, no. Um, that's a disturbing trend these days, brief side tangent, where it's like everybody is like thinks that like everybody's against them you know like the lakers just won the nba finals and lebron was like this is for this that was like for my doubters and it's like dude who's fucking doubting no one's you doubting you're, you. you're fucking lebron it's like they said i couldn't do it it's like you've done it three times before this is the fourth time we know you can do it you have your own lemonade flavored bubble gum no dude, one's doubting come on, you man. you're the second greatest basketball player who ever lived that's pretty good. Chill. Anyway. <laughs> for my doubters. For those who didn't believe. This is all the people who didn't think that I could do this. It's Again. Like, oh, God. We've been watching you do it for 15 years, dog. <laughs> Just enjoy it. Anyway. Anyway. What were we talking about? We were talking about that time you kicked a trash can across a dining room with it was, people in it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> see what happened was. See what happened was. No. Nah, it, was, it was fucking deserved, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I had a, uh, I had a real, real piece of work manager <laughs> working that night. I was serving, ta- I was waiting tables at a very fancy restaurant in the Bryant Park Hotel in New York City, New York, and I had a drunk layabout for a manager who was just, just a worthless person. Where it's like, even outside these walls, I know you're worthless, but you're especially worthless while you're here. But anyway, there was one night we were understaffed, very night, like I said, very busy restaurant. And I just got 
I got fed lunch for four hours. I just got my ass handed to me running around for four hours, no manager in sight, just totally on an island, all of us just getting buried all night long because this dude is, per usual, getting loaded in the manager's office. Comes down once things have died down a little bit, smelling like booze, comes in and pokes his head in, and I like I let him have it. I was like, dude, where the hell were you? We were getting crushed, and he wanted to turn it into a conversation about how I can't talk to a manager that way. And, uh, yeah, I, I told him how I felt about that. And, uh, and I was fired on the spot (laughs) and, uh, a la Bobby Knight getting kicked out of a college basketball game. I decided to make it official. And, uh, if you're going to go out, go out. I'm already going out. So I, I lined up and, uh, you know, the little office waste bins, we were in like the little server hutch in the corner. I, I lined up like like Pele and I soccer starred one just full on stepped into it, kicked the shit out of that waste bin and, uh, and uh, meant to kick it into the wall that was right in front of it and instead sent it no less than 20 feet across the dining room, airborne trash everywhere. Yep. Cool. Yeah. And then was uh, escorted off the premises no. by uh, hotel security. Weird. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I, pff, I couldn't honestly couldn't tell you. Were they scared of you? No. Who are the security guys? No, no. I know the security. I met security guys that work at hotels and bars and clubs. Yeah, no. They're not scared of you. <laughs> no, these security guys were not scared of me. No, but they should have been because I'm dangerous. Because I'm a dangerous guy. So anyway. So anyway. Um, I feel like that's a weird place to leave a spooky stories episode. I know. Well, you know where we should. We, uh, and it turns out I was dead. Yeah, he was dead <laughs> the whole time. time. Jokes on Bye, everybody. You. Um. No, I the the how we should end it is by thanking Dark Alligator Emma Gabriel and BT again yes. and giving them a round of applause. Hey BT, BT Dub, I got something to tell you. <laughs> Your story was great. All their stories were good. Emma, Emma, everybody, everyone. I know. I I I that curated a, real, a very yeah. nice collection that of was, short horror stories. That was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Well. Hey, good on you. Mm-hmm. Great job, Thank kiddo. Real, real proud of you as always. Thank you. And uh, it's it's always a thrill to be on and uh, and, and be yeah, with thank you, you for and all of your lovely listeners. Listening yeah. to these um, hey spooky stories. Happy Halloween, everybody! Yeah, from from my family to yours. Yeah, so thank you guys so much. Those were all really really great. I really enjoyed reading your stories. Um, that is all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We hope you got a few tricks and treats out of these creepy tales. Next week, join us for our final Halloween episode of the year, an extra spooky listener ghost stories. Follow us on Instagram at Keep It Weirdcast. Actually, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever at Keep It Weirdcast. Check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Keep It Weird Podcast and buy some of our merch at www.etsy.com slash shop slash Keep It Weird Podcast. Um, as for a sign off this week, I just wanted to tell you guys to really enjoy the last week of October, even though it's been a wretched year and we've got a huge event coming up directly after Halloween that I'm sure has some of you a little stressed out, um, as it does me. Just enjoy yourselves. Do your best to pretend that none of this is going on. 
Do you have any advice to give them, Joe? We've started. Oh, you don't know this. You're not Lauren. We've started to um, during our sign offs, just giving a little like, a words of encouragement. I'm not. Lauren? You're not Lauren. No, you could never be. Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? Jean Valjean. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any um, uh, advice or words of encouragement for our sweet, sweet, sweet weirdos? Oh. Man, words from words of encouragement. Jeez. From you, yeah, from the bottom of your heart. Yeah, wow. Um, well, words of encouragement. I guess I would just say, um, <laughs> go vote. <laughs> yeah. Please, go please, vote. please. Yeah. Go vo- have a have a great fucking Halloween. <laughs> Make it spooky. Make it scary. Just think back to all of those great Halloweens you spent as a kid. Just being so just just feeling the weight of that bucket or pillowcase, whatever it was you were transporting that that haul of candy in, getting heavier and heavier with each house. And just think about how great life can be and how hopefully it can be again. So let's all just fucking dig in. And really uh, stake our claim as a generation here and uh, try to get this shit back on track, shall we? I think that's some good advice. And keep it weird, you guys. Keep it weird. Are you ready? How many t- how many times can you ask me if I'm ready? Are you ready? Now I am. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs>